Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, and I got Caden here with me, and we're just going to do a nice little Rowdies recap episode. Uh, they just played Detroit FC, excuse me, Detroit City FC, um, another USL team. We, we won 1-0, uh, had a solid lineup, good performance, good chances, a lot of shots on goal, dominated possession here and there, but not really in the first half, but um, Caden, what were your thoughts on the game uh, and for people who didn't see it? So even coming into the game, we saw not only a different lineup, but an entirely different formation. We're usually running out with maybe uh, you know, a four, a four-two-two, and that's just usually what we try to stay with. If you don't know what a four-two-two is? It's like a, it's it's just a different formation for, for uh, for soccer, and it's it's just the number of players that are in each level of the field. Yeah. So it starts from like the start will be the back. So with four, we had four players in the back. You know, we had one player up front. So in, in this, it, we're usually run with a dual striker setup with two wide uh, right mid and and a left mid on on the wide outsider banks of the of the of the pitch. This one went with a more central attack, going out with one striker, and you know with this you know the spell of just losing games and just late, being off. You know we're not used to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Look, looking like this just yeah it's not even like you know they've been bad in the past couple of years because they haven't you know three you know, before last year it was three consecutive title runs we didn't win any of them but we went there you yeah. know what i mean but like, we were extremely good and we've been extremely good you know we haven't really started off a season this bad in a very very a very very long time yeah especially with the amount of talent that we have on our roster it's just very surprising as a whole yeah but in terms of the lineup, you know, just overall, you know, earlier in the year we made the we made the decision to sit Breno. You know, Philip Breno last year he was very good for us. He he left by one of the best defenders in the USL. In the playoffs, he defended a crucial crucial penalty, which led to us getting a penalty and then winning that game and advancing. So him he was just a, such a big piece for us. Yeah, and we re-signed him, and it was such a big thing. But we also got a guy named Connor Sparrow who played for Miami FC, and he was one of the best goalkeepers in the USL last year, yeah, along with Philip Reynolds. So we have two studs on our on our team. It, it was kind of one of those things where you know, we're gonna start Breno, but if he messes up, we're gonna put in Connor Sparrow. Exactly. Breno was starting at the at the at the start of the season, wasn't doing too hot. We Not put at all. in Connor Sparrow, and we we've actually seen a significant. You know, just rise in not only goalkeeping play, but you know, goalies. They're they're not only you know there to control the defense, but you know you'll see good goalies making set pieces throughout attacking. You know, midfielders. He's just kind of a good controlly. Uh, I mean, a good uh, goalie can control the field. Yeah. And Connor Sparrow is, is another one of those goalies. He's also a sweeper keeper, he which is. makes him cool, cool, cool. And defense. You know. We've never, ever since the, the season started, I've never really liked our defensive lineup. We always either had Kleeman on the bench and Lasso starting, or, or, we, had, or we had vice versa. It was Kleeman starting and Lasso on the bench. When Lasso deserved to start, Kleeman deserved to start. Freddie Kleeman had just been in form in defensive prowess this entire season. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's been very good. And a long-haired gorilla man, Forrest Lasso. Who's also just, kind of a god of the USL arena. Yeah, two-time uh, defensive player of the year, USL defensive player of the year, coming in and putting on a, dare I say, defensive masterclass. 
Oh, in this game, yeah, for sure. He Absolute was making defense. plays left mm-hmm. and right, headers back oh, yeah. there to get it out, good clears. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he knows what he's doing. Amazing tackles as well. Him and Kleeman on to get like on the pitch together. That's deadly defense. And then you got um, Gullion or Gullen. I think he's a Gillen. Gillen. Okay, excuse me. Gillen, and then we had Connor Antley. Antley. Was, I think his name is Connor Antley or something like that. It was, it I was believe. Okay, here he's and not there. bad. Like he makes good good crosses. He's just kind of mid, especially Gullion's mid as well. But we did have a new addition to the team play in his first debut. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't his first game for us, but it was his first league like season game. Yeah, like first. And yeah, this Ryan, season it was yeah. Ryan Spalding. He's on loan from from uh, from from New uh, New England. I think it's New England Revolution. The MLS team, he I think I think he had seven appearances in MLS this season, and then we're on the the, the loan. I don't know if it's a loan to buy. I do, I doubt it's a loan to buy. I, I believe it's just a loan. I I, I, I want to say it's for the remainder of the season as well. But you know this new boy can come in and hopefully he can change stuff around for us because you know losing Leo Fernandez was just such a big loss loss on our part. It was. Such a big loss. We we lost our goal scorer. You know, we lost Sebastian Guanzati before the before the season started. Yeah, that wasn't even injury. He just left the team. Yeah, and he's our old. He's our. He's the Tampa Bay Rowdy all time goal scorer. Yes, he he's a legend for Sebastian Guanzati, and he's an absolute legend. And he uh, no longer with us. And Leo Fernandez is is no longer going to be playing this season. Hopefully, we can have him back next season. But our attacking players. Definitely, definitely suffered from it, and that's why we're losing majority of the games. But you know, going from de- I went from goalkeeper to defense. I want to talk a little bit about the midfield. We uh, we're seeing Zachary Harivo getting work being worked back into the, the lineup because of his injury, and he is such a good midfielder. He is such a good midfielder. He makes cross to cross plays. He's kind of a box to box player as well. He likes to make those those athletic plays. Those dribbles. He's a great passer as well. He got subbed off for the vet Jan Ekra, who's who just make who's making his like two hundred and fifty seventh, two hundred fifty eighth USL appearance. I'm pretty sure he has the most USL appearances in USL history, mm. which is an amazing accomplishment, you know, just to say the least. And if he plays for our team, that's just all the better. And uh, going into that kind of attacking midfield area, the right mids and the, the the center attacking mid and the left mid, we started out with uh, Daylon or yeah, I think it was Dayon Dayon Harris, uh, Dayon Harris and Ryan Spalding at right mid and left mid. Dayon Harris had a very you know he's he's an athletic player. He's not the tallest player. He doesn't have the, the best hops, but he's very fast. He's very agile, and when he runs, he runs with power. But he doesn't have the best composure. He doesn't have the best finishing. Like, he had a wide-open shot on net. He has no touch, bro. No, he doesn't. He does. No we'll, touch at all. We'll talk about the center attacking mid, Charlie Dennis. Talk about touch. Dude has no touch. He has no touch. Yeah. He had a legit a wide-open shot on goal, and he tried to hit it with the inside of his left foot, even though it was coming from the right side, and it just hit his, his ankle, and it like went right behind him. He did get control of the ball and he got a little shot in, but he should have just shot it right when the ball come to him. You know, that's that's, that's what you call a first. That's what you call a tap in goal. It was a tap in goal. You know, he's not a tap in master, and we saw that right there. He did get redemption, sort he of. He did get redemption. He did score the goal for the Rowdies with mm-hmm. the PK. It was, it was a penalty kick. You know, yeah. 
it wasn't anything you know special. It wasn't like he went out there and made a crazy play. But now we're getting into the striker situation. Something that I've been saying all season long is that we should start JJ Williams. Even you were saying, like, remember you remember me uh, saying we should. Where's JJ? You know, where's JJ? Why are we starting Cal? Where's JJ? Yeah, Cal Jennings. Cal Jennings has been starting every single game this season. He sucks. And you know, his stats say you know they kind of say the opposite. You know, he has I'm pretty sure eight games, uh, eight shots on target, and uh, one goal, one assist. So his stats are good. Like he has good stats. Those are not, not a bad stat line, but when you're actually there watching the games in person, or you're just watching the games on your phone or your TV, you can see that he's he's actually the problem sometimes. Yeah, he he's lackluster. He doesn't have burst. Doesn't have touch at all. He's an, he, just another guy that just he, he can set up a play, but he just he, he's not the executioner. He's not. I'll say this though: he's he not has, an enforcer, bro. He has finishing ability. Like, Sometimes, bro, but he's sold stuff. Like his one goal was clean. That one like, against, uh, gosh, who was it? We Miami were FC. Against Miami FC, we were at the game. Um, and if you guys want to see like pictures of Tampa Bay's like home stadium and stuff, Outland. and some videos from that game, and I think the week prior uh, against Birmingham Legion, uh, you you guys can check out our Instagram at Tea Time Reports uh, as well as our Twitter at Tea Time Reports. Uh, we're very active on both of those platforms. So if you want to check in, maybe. Tune into a Rowdy's game yourself yeah. at some point. Oh yeah, the, if you have ESPN Plus, they're live on ESPN Plus every single week, and if you want to tune in and support the Rowdies, you know, tune in and support the Rowdies. And they have a following everywhere. They so. do, they do. We, we were we were on Twitter the other day, and we were looking at uh, the Rowdies UK. They have a whole Twitter page, and they live tweet games. Yeah. And the other, I'm pretty sure it was it was right after we won. Actually, no, it was right after the Open U.S. Open Cup. There was a picture I saw floating around uh, Twitter, and it was like a picture of like I'm pretty sure it was like the '80s. It was like a now and then picture. Mm. It was of a Rowdy's watch party, and it was 19 like 84 compared to 1922 in the middle of like Spain or Cuba or it was of some sort of um, just like coastal nation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and they were just chilling with Rowdy's gear on. Watching a Rowdy's game, getting lit to a Rowdy's game, and that shit is just so fire, bro. Like just to see, you know, your home team, the team that you go watch, the team that you support and love, is just it's it has known, a following, has following worldwide, yeah. you know. Especially, you know, it, it not being it's a semi-pro club, you know what I mean? Mm. It's not like it's a MLS club. It would be, it would be less surprising, but. You know, for them to be a USL championship club and have a following pretty much, you know, from all ends of the globe is just, you know, it's all all the better. But they did wind up winning uh, and beating Detroit City FC 1-0. And hard-fought game. It was a hard-fought game, kind of a very good defensive game on both mm-hmm. sides. It just came down to that penalty kick, which Charlie Dennis, thank God, he actually executed, executed that properly, even though it was kind of a weird goal. He it shot was. it exactly where the goalie would have been standing. And it was standing. a slow kick as well. Um, but the goalie dove left, and he, you know, he read it wrong. But yeah, that goalie had a great game. He had a couple good saves. So yeah, amazing game. Um, what's his name? Sternwasher. Stern, yes, yeah, yeah, Sternwasher. I think very, very good like goalie. That. He just let that one go by him. But honestly, he had no offensive help. They were no. getting down there in the first half. Yeah. But 
Or we were I mean, shutting them down. They were barely shooting. Yeah, but you know, big boy Kleeman, Frederick Kleeman, and Forrest Lasso, both guys over six foot one. You know, they're going crazy back there. Yeah. Forrest Lasso puts his body on the line every single defensive play. Yeah. It's, I remember one exchange where he not only made a good slide tackle, got up, the ball was getting like centered in after like he re- mm-hmm. like the opposing team, Detroit, rebounded the slide tackle. They tried to shoot it in, but he just denied it with a header while diving forward. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's just high for, that's just Forrest Lasso just executing what Neil Collins wants out there. Yeah. And you got, you got to appreciate it. He's a mm. really good defensive player. He's a good center back. He's a good center back. And we talk about a lot even in football. You, you know, we'll, even on our draft recap episode that we'll talk about. You know, you have you see these guys like Jack Campbell and you know, these guys are absolutely high motor and that's what teams really like. Yeah. And sometimes you know, you have a high motor and you're just pushing to make those plays, make those plays. Being less talented, like if you work and work and work and work, you can make up for that. And I'm not saying that Forrest Lasso is untalented, yeah. but you know he's a six foot five, you know, uncoordinated human being. <laughs> but he makes the plays that he makes because he tries. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he's also done a lot of practice and shit. But oh, like, yeah. he definitely uh, in game has a high high motor. The whole team kind of does, because that just starts with the coach. Mm-hmm. He no he played for the club. He loves with, the club. It, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. I saw I saw a picture of Neil Collins and uh, I don't I don't know what year it was from but he was it was when he was playing for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Neil Collins is our head coach and he's well manager. Well, yeah, manager. But you know, for the people in America listening to this, it you know, head coach. But we do have a full, we do have uh, listeners abroad, so they'll get mm-hmm. pissy if you say head coach. That is true. So, so the manager. head gaffer, the, the head, gaffer, yes, indeed, the gaffer. Neil Collins is an absolute stud of a manager. He he brings that sense of professionalism to it, and honestly, in emotion too. He does. Like, you you if you're watching the games live, you hear him like on the broadcast. And I feel like that's screaming. what's that's what's good with a player coach. You see a lot of good player coaches, especially young player coaches. You see it now with the Burnley head coach um, Vincent Company. He was one of the best. Uh, Captains in Premier League history when he used to play for Man 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 City. Yeah, and you know he played under Pep Guardiola, and now he's the the coach for Burnley who just got promoted into Premier League from EFL Championship. They're on fire. Mm. I'm pretty sure they just won EFL Championship, and um, you see it with Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta used to play for Arsenal. He brings you know he he's trying his hardest to make Arsenal win. Because he loves Arsenal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a completely different, you know, effect. It's a recipe for success exactly. for some clubs. Because you have these players, you have coaches that are in it for the money and uh, are coaching for the money. But in football, it just, it's such a, it's such a different, you know, game where it's not really run by. You have to have the passion. Exactly. Sometimes, passion outmeasures skill in football. I've seen it happen with my own eyeballs. Yeah. It's the only sport known to man where momentum is such a big thing and morale is I mean, such a like, big thing. I mean, like, there's obviously other sports where those play <laughs> effect, but yeah, genuinely in soccer, I feel like that's key. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not feeling it, then if you're it's not in form, you're bad. not in form. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. But no, the the, the Rowdies they're on an upswing. Hopefully, they an upswing. they'll they'll win some games coming up. Uh, 
And we will be at the May 6th game, correct? Yeah, May, I'm pretty sure it's no, May 13th. May 13th, we'll be at that one. They're playing Detroit again. Again. But so, we're at home. Yeah, we're going to be at Al Lang. So, more pictures and videos to come on our Instagram and uh, Twitter. So, if you guys, again, want to give those a follow. Like, I'm trying to meet Neely Collins. Yeah, if we can get some player interviews or something, that'd be so sick. Um, but, yeah, just more content to look forward to. And we'll try and do more Rowdies recaps so that way we can, like, you know, have a little consistent sub-series on them. Maybe uh, if you're a Rowdies fan out there locally or maybe abroad, you guys will appreciate this because we'll actually be able to go to some of the games and maybe see something that you can't see on TV or on your streaming platform. So um, we'll definitely try and, like, be more on top of watching the, uh, the, the the lesser broadcasted games that they go to and stuff. But I mean, I try – I've watched every game this season. And, you know, just, just seeing how they've grown – even even that uh, we didn't even talk about the Houston Dynamo game, the U.S. Open Cup, because uh, you know we lost that game one zero, but we put up one hell of a fight. We mm. really did. It was Ryan Spaulding's first game as a Tampa Bay Rowdy. <coughs> and I'm, I'm honestly, he didn't really do shit. Yeah, he didn't really do shit, and uh, he didn't really do shit last game either. But it's the potential that he does bring to the club. Like he's shifty. He's yeah. always by the ball. He, you know, you know what he reminds me a lot of. The other loney that we used to watch last season, Jake Lacava. You remember him? Ah, uh, Lacava. Yes, I do. He Jake was good Lacava. for us, bro. Mm-hmm. And if he can get, if if Spalding can get into that kind of form, then I'll appreciate him. But I'll say this: he does have high motor. He does. I was watching the game against Detroit City. He didn't make any splash plays. He had that one beautiful he cross. He has Deion good passes. Like, Deion Harris, and then Deion Harris whipped on the shot. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But, no, Spalding, he's, he's by the ball. You know, he's there. He's, he's, he's pressing. You know, he's, he's probably the best touch on the team. It's not not like a big name that, you know, that's going to spring us into the playoffs. No, We're going to have to go on a win streak here. Yeah. Like we we've won two games. We need Leo. We're two back, four and bro. what? Two four and three. I think we're two. Uh, mm, and this know. is in USL. We're we're not looking too hot, and we we're not used to that in Tampa Bay here. We we're normally used to having this as like one of the signature teams that is always you know succeeding. We're or, two four and two. Yeah, we're two four and two. That's not the best way to start off the draws. I don't like draws, but. You know, obviously it's a it's a football kind of thing, but I I just wish we were able to execute on some of those. We blew, yeah. we blew, we blew the win, and they dro- they dropped yeah. us. So like it's yeah. just, and that was when Lasso <coughs> was selling, and then they benched him for a couple games, and he came out. Honestly, and he snapped out of it. He did. He really I think did he's back in form. It. So I don't really think like the majority of those games that he was in, and he sold like uh, the first game of the season, he sold, but it wasn't even his fault. Yeah, like he was not he was just playing. Good. Wasn't he was bodying up the attacker. exactly. He was playing how he's usually playing. He tackled. And it was a bad call outside of the box. But they gave him a penalty. They gave him a PK yeah, so. and they got the equalizer for the uh, season opener, which was, was disappointing. Yeah, it was disappointing. And I feel like the other mistakes that he made, like crucial mistakes that he made, he did make up for for overall good play. You know, in the game, like most of those games that I watched where he, you know. Even the game that caused him to get, you know, the game that that made him get, uh, you know, uh, benched for uh, I forget who was who was coming in for him, but it, he wasn't bad any of those games. Like he never showed the he never showed you know majority of the game where he was just had bad defensive awareness. Yeah, he was always making clearances, always putting his body on the line. It's just when he when it's time for him to not mess up, he does he messes up. Yeah, 
And it's just, it's weird how, you know, he chooses those times to mess up. <laughs> I don't think he chooses it. I think it's, you know, maybe unintentional, but... Yeah, no, hopefully they'll get back into form and win some games in a row yeah. here. That'd be awesome to see. And then, Especially with this new lineup. Like, we're yeah, talking a little Kleeman bit about that new lineup. Yeah, it, 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 it's good. And and just the overall, the way we are moving the ball downfield, I feel like we were a lot more fluent with the ball. We were, yeah. we were flowing a lot more, you know what I mean? Yeah. We had a little bit more uh, a little bit more pace, a little bit more form. We just had chances. Exactly. We created more chances for our offense. And Shot creation, chance creation. Like We were getting the ball in the box. It just, again and again and again, our attackers, our attackers were not, they just weren't, you're capitalizing on They weren't him. executing. As much as I love J.J. We should have had Williams, three or four goals. Yeah, as much as I love J.J. Williams and I dislike Cal Jennings, yeah. there are some of those things where I think Cal could have made a better run. Yeah, and he's uh, faster. He's faster, and he has a little bit more better uh, attacking position and attacking awareness. You know, when, you're, when you're an attacker, when you're a winger, when you're a right mid, left mid, you're always trying to make forward runs. You know what I mean? You're always trying to make runs behind the defense. And you're trying to create separation. You do that in football. You, you, you just you try to spread out the, the defense. Yeah. And, you know, say in football, you have, you have a dude running, a, running an out route. And you have a guy running a fly. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just trying to create separation. Open you know what I mean? You can break through. And, you know, with forward runs comes more separation. More separation comes more, you know... Obstacle, less obstacles in the way for you know attacking runs and attacking plays. Yeah, we were very good at separating their defense. We had one point where it was even that that Charlie Dennis play. JJ Williams and Charlie Dennis were running side by side, butt booty naked into the box. <laughs> Nobody was blocking. Yeah, him. I mean you can't body JJ. He's too big. But it was also because we had Ryan Spalding and, and Dayon Harris running down the side of the pitch, the outer rims of the pitch, ready to rebound. Exactly, if anything and happens. And yeah. it was just it was just distracting the backers. You know what I mean? Yeah, separating them, giving that that extra couple feet of separation, so JJ Williams. Or Charlie Dennis or Cal Jennings can can slip in there. Yeah. Now, one problem I have with this with this lineup, you know, I like the names that were in it. I like the guys that were in it. And you know, before the game, we, we, I was just talking about it. JJ Williams was good. JJ Williams, you know, made the difference. Cal Jennings, I think we should give him a run in in this 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 formation. Yeah. Because I think he can be better in this formation. I yeah. really do think he can. Uh so I'm not really warm think he up. can. You know, get ready exactly. and get in tune to it though. You but know? the one problem, the major problem I have with that that lineup was Charlie Dennis being there. Yeah. I feel like if we put uh Ariel Martinez at at center attacking midfielder, that he could do a lot better. Yeah, he at, sets up plays. Exactly. You know? And even when you're when you're watching the games in person, you see him. He's talking Charlie, to players. Charlie Dennis is good off the bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, that's it. He's what you call like, super sub. He, he's good off the bench. Mm-hmm. He's depth. He but makes Ariel, plays. Ariel Martinez is just, he's the real deal. He's a big he body. Is. You're not going to body him. He's a great passer. He's a and veteran. He's he knows shifty. the game. He knows the game. He loves to play. Bro, he, he's still, he's out there and he's still made, a little old. But. I made this, um, I made this comparison a while back. I don't think I made it on the show. But uh, Ronaldo Nazario, there's a there's a player before Cristiano Ronaldo. A lot of people, you know, when people say Ronaldo, they think of uh, CR7. I'm talking about CR9. So, 
I mean R9. So when Ronaldo Nazario at the end of his career played for uh, Real Madrid, he was kind of a chunkster, and he wasn't that athletic. Yeah. But he was in there. He was not only creating plays. He was not only creating set pieces. He was not only teaching the players around him what to do in different attacking situations. Yeah, he's a veteran presence. Exactly. Yeah. He's you know, a teacher. Ariel Martinez is that veteran presence, and he reminds me a lot of of Ronaldo Nazario when he was playing for uh, Real Madrid back in the old days. If Ariel started against Detroit City FC, I think we would have won like 3 I think so. I think we would have. Just because of... Yeah, I feel like he would have made that shot that uh, that yeah, Dennis yeah. would have... He could uh, make a PK, bro. Exactly. No, no, it's not even that. That, the, that was the, the first center. initial loss. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. Definitely. The one where he missed. Definitely. Yeah, I think he could have... Uh, definitely wrapped the ball. It touched the ball better. He yeah. has that. He has that spark. I mean, he has that 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 different level of control. Exactly. You know, weak foot. He has a weak foot as well. I've seen him hit it with his left foot, and it's just just as good as the right. And weak foot is such an underrated ability in in, in playing football. And you hear players all the time talk about what's the most important thing that that you want to work on. Yeah. A lot of them say it's my weak foot. I want to improve on my weak foot. It's just such a versatile. You know, you know, um, aspect of the game that a lot of people underestimate. Yeah, getting your weak foot to peak ability just makes you such a more versatile attacker and more versatile dribbler. Yeah, because you know, once you can unlock your weak foot, you can unlock so much more moves. Because you're basically ambidextrous with your feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you can create plays up and down the field. You're more of a threat. Field. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can you, know, you you see a lot of guys that are less talented in their left foot, you know, their weak foot, and they're and they're right footed. They you know, they try and skip the defender to the left when the defender opens up his hip. You see Rafael Leal do it a lot. When we were watching Rafa, you remember I was talking about Rafa? Yeah. He plays for uh, AC Milan. Uh, he has the style of 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 being winger, and they call it surfing. And he likes to wait until the defender opens up his hips, and then he'll cut inside. Or he'll cut to the outside of him with his left foot. And he changes up his feet all the time. And as an attacker, when you're uh, when you're charging a defender and you see those hips open up, you need to change feet and switch direction immediately. Because that's how you get people off balance. Yeah. And, you know, Ra- Rafael Leao is the perfect, perfect example of getting people off balance. Mm. He does it every game. And Ariel Martinez does it every game. Yeah. And that's just what I love about just not only this club... But, you know, just the assembly, you know, when all of it comes together, I feel like we can actually assemble a game, you know, a, a, a game or a, a team that can win games, you know? Yeah, no, and you get all that stuff and, you know, together in rhythm, and we could definitely be one of those teams that is, you know, a threat because, like you just mentioned, we have those guys, we have the upside, but I hope you guys enjoyed this Rowdy's Recap. Uh, the Detroit City FC match. Caden, anything you wanted to say? All good. No, I'm good. Um, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in to this one. And uh, stay tuned for our post-draft, and as well as our USFL Power Rankings and Recap episode that will be up later tonight. Thank you guys very much. This is Trevor. We're signing off.